Welcome to the Life on Time Become Inspired podcast with Dr. Alistair Bailey, Jeremy Bielas and John Ford. Hello and welcome to the Life on Time Become Inspired podcast, episode number eight. Um, today we are going to be discussing teachers' well-being, uh, a topic that I think is sometimes missed uh, and I think at this moment in time we uh, hopefully can offer them some help. We have a teacher on board here. We have our normal crew. We have Dr. Bear back and I'm going to start with Dr. Bear. How, how have you been? Because we've not heard from you for a couple of weeks. Okay, mate. Thank you. Yeah, been a little bit fatigued, but uh, <laughs> riding through it today. We missed, we missed you, Dr. Bear. We did miss uh, you last I, week. I, I would say I missed you too, but actually it's quite nice not to see you. So you didn't? No, I didn't. <laughs> and I how are you, Jeremy? I appreciate your honesty, Bear. Um, That's what it's all about, mate. Do you know what? Do you know what, Jonathan? I I'm good. I had a really, I had a you know, I had a really lovely day today. I had a really lovely, I had a really lovely morning. Really relaxed. Morning. Do you want to tell the listeners what you did? Because well, obviously you were back half first first day back after half term. I was thinking today would have been a terrible day for you. But do you want to tell everybody what you've been up to? It's just really weird because so. Anyone that's listened to previous episodes, I work in a secondary independent school and my school has 100% confirmed to everyone now that they're not going to go back. But we continue this guided distance learning program. So I didn't I didn't get the Sunday night blues yesterday. Um, we're recording this on a Monday. Um, I didn't have a lesson until around 11 o'clock today. Um, and my two sons went into school this morning and my wife's a primary school teacher. So they all... Hells went into school. I took the boys off at 8.30, came back and had about two and a half hours to myself. So, it, you know, I feel a bit fraudulent say, talking. I mean, we're going to go into teachers and wellness and health and um, and all that stuff because there's teachers out there and that there has been really tough times, don't get me wrong, and I've talked about this in um, the video posts and some of the blog posts. But this morning was lovely because we've just had half term. I've spent 10 weeks with my very loud aggressive seven and eight year old boys and it was just a bit of time bit of time to myself this morning and the, the weather's still amazing isn't it so that's really made such a big difference um yeah. it's great great uh validation of what the listeners are going to be looking forward <laughs> to but we're, we're aiming aiming it for teachers that are struggling going back and you're saying actually i've, I've got a great life so, no i mean it was a good... better than you <laughs> I'm very fortunate. I think that's what I've realised because, and what, what I thought about today, and this could be the starting point, I guess, for us to think about is it for a lot of teachers, especially primary school teachers, um, John, your, your wife works in the primary school. My wife's a primary school teacher. It was a first day back and a really weird first day back for them because they're back at school, but with very specific groups, they've had to change all the rules. They're having to socially yeah. distance these kids. They're not allowed to touch the kids in a you know, nurturing way um it, it's very very difficult for them so i really feel uh for those teachers that have had to actually go back in yes i mean i'll i'll, I'll chip in here because louise my wife she's a ta high level ta at a primary school and she has been proper stressed i mean she is like the last week the concern of whether do we take i mean my my eldest daughter's year six so she's going back, and obviously my youngest, who's in year five, has gone back as a key worker child. But just the, the decision of the school to 
do it. Was it ever going to happen? Only got confirmed on Thursday. Um, do you let, do you make your kids go back? And they've gone back. And to be fair to them, they've actually had a really good day. Um, and I think, yeah, the balance of, you know, the risk of, of obviously catching it and that that side of it versus staying at home and having to homeschool them and then being on their iPads and stuff all day. Actually, I think it's the right move. But I mean, this is all good. Well, Wellington's good saying this now, but you know, who knows if if there is if there is a second peak or a second outbreak, then probably won't be saying that and won't be sounding so chipper. But yeah, I think it is crazy because they, they they're trying to make. They've put them in pods, aren't they? I don't know if they're doing the same with yours. Yeah, so they, the way that most primary schools are working, as far as I'm aware, uh, or, or prep schools, is they there's key worker bubbles, they're calling them, or pods. Yeah, pods, um, yeah. Which can be a mixture of year groups, um, but they, they obviously stay together. And then uh, it's reception year one and year six are, are back, aren't they? Um, if they? If the parents want them to go back. So those specific year groups potentially will be working in their year groups but not every parent has decided to send their kid back for the reasons you've just said because they're worried potentially yeah. they're at home and then if you're a key worker so i'm a key, i'm a key worker i'm a teacher helen's a key worker's teacher we are um we are um, i mean i'll be honest you've you vanished you, you the uh you your wife I'm, that, I'm sorry i was just saying that because my key workers the boys went in today now there is a bit of a guilt there because I've just said I had I didn't teach I didn't actually teach until eleven o'clock today, so I could have kept the boys at home, um, but we made that decision today because Helen was quite stressed. She was quite stressed about going in. Um, it is the first day back. I had quite a lot of stuff to prep, um, but yeah, it's a tricky one. For, I think from a parent point of view, it's a tricky one because you don't know, like you said, John. There's a worry about the virus still being out there. But, you know, we, I think you've just got to make the best judgment call for you and your family. Um, but right now, going, going back to the teachers and the staff and the TAs, it is a, t- it is a tough time for them. I just spoke to Hells then before we came on air. And I just asked her quickly, what is the biggest stressor for them in their primary school at the moment? And she said 100% all of them feel like there is a real um, unfairness and inconsistency between the government guidelines which have now been set as, what is it? It's up to six people that can meet outside, but they're saying that it's fine for 15 to 20 kids and teachers to be in a classroom together in a, in a fairly confined space. So yeah, I think, I think that's, that's what's causing anxiety amongst the teachers in primary schools. Yeah. And my, yeah. And my, my wife's, uh, so my father-in-law, he's, He's he's seven, nearly seventy. Um, Lou's really really close with her mum and dad, and now she's thinking, all three kids, all two kids, both his kids are at school. She's at school. They're going. They're all in separate bubbles, so they, their exposure to the virus could be higher. And now, but now we're allowed to go and see her mum and dad. But does she want to go and see her mum and dad? Because now she's back at school. So there's all of this stress of you know. I mean, yeah, um, you're right. We don't, and we don't want to get into politics or anything. That's not what this is about. And, and Bear will be able to chip in here because I'm just thinking as we we're talking that we're talking about teachers here. I think there'll be a lot of teachers out there that might be a bit might feel stressed and anxious, but they'll also flip it on its head and go, well, and Bear will know this because Bear works with NHS staff directly. The, these NHS staff have been doing this for months on end now. <laughs> going day in day out at the front line and it, it, that's totally different to you know saving people's lives to being a teacher and going in and 
and doing it. I think for teachers, it's just this transition, this change they've had to go through has been difficult. But I think that I think there's I think there's loads of things that actually overlap in terms of the um, we call it kind of like moral injury where you end up making decisions and are forced to do stuff that you don't, that go against your sort of values and what you believe in. So people making decisions about, uh, you know, being teaching in classes when they might not agree with it. Um, and it's the same with sort of uh, doctors and nurses and healthcare professionals that I work with, but there's also the degree of, this isn't something you necessarily really know about like straight away. It's not like a smack you in the face, like you've been hit by a car straight away. It's the, Am I sort of? Am I going to catch it? Am I going to be symptomatic? Am I going to transmit it? Am I going to cause other people harm? My family, whoever it might be. This, it's. I think the the biggest thing about this is the sort of uncertainty that people are left with. That that's the thing sort of across the spectrum. Um, that certainly is that what you're finding. So I guess I mean what's interesting as well. I know it's not teachers, but it's interesting speaking to you. I know you can't speak about specific cases, but is that what you're finding? Talking. Because obviously you're currently still dealing with uh, the nurses and the doctors, aren't you? Yeah, uh, doing, still still doing a fair bit of staff support, um, and um, like obviously sort of patient work has been going all along. But yeah, it's sort of everyone's in the same boat of not really knowing what to do uh, and sort of muddling their way through, despite the fact they feel like they're used to being sort of experts, particularly sort of. Um, some of the senior leaders and consultants and um, matrons and stuff like that they're sort of they're used to being in a bubble of knowing exactly what's going on day in day out they walk in even if they're in really stressful environments and I imagine this is the same for lots of teachers as well yeah even if you kind of you don't have a degree of complete certainty of what you're going to face each day you kind of you have confidence in the whatever's going to come up I can handle it because this is what I'm used to um, and I think being thrown out of that as I imagine lots of teachers have been at the moment, you know, it's this kind of, that, even the sort of logistical stuff of being um, put with kids that you're not used to, putting in a different classroom, put away from the sort of teachers that you might normally kind of um, get a bit of banter with or connect with at lunch or breaks or whatever it might be. It's sort of all these little changes that leave you for, sort of feeling more stressed because you have to think about it more. And that mental energy is just utterly exhausting, I think. So is that one of the? Would you say that's one of the key stresses then? Out of I, think, I think uncertainty is the biggest thing for me. Is it that I've come across? Yeah, um, yeah. And I think, and I think that that, that carries on. Yeah, and that carries on. I think in in every walk of life. But I guess for teachers right now, and um, head teachers and parents, I suppose to a certain extent, is the unknown of actually is this safe? Because the because the the government isn't really coming out saying this is a hundred percent. You know, this is what's going to happen. They yeah. they don't know, do they? The teachers so, as well. In the um, NHS, there was obviously a huge problem with um, the PPE and everything that they needed. But you know, undoubtedly, they need to have it. They have to wear. They need the masks, the gowns, the works, right? Because they're literally right up against it. But for teachers, it's slightly it's different because they don't really know should they wear face masks, should they not? You know, how close can they get? So it's a bit. I think for teachers, it's that grey area. I mean, Helen again said. You know, if a, if a kid if a kid in the in the playground falls over and cuts their knee on a normal day, they go over, pick them up. They might give them a cuddle, to walk them in, etc. That you know that that's going to happen across the country. Yeah. What does what does yeah. a teacher do? Ask them to get up on their own. It's really tricky one for them. So yeah, 
Well, I think what I heard today that there was some differences going on already. So there was some classes where it were allowed that the parent, the kids were told to stay two meters apart, and then there was other classes where they sort of let them play. There's, there's, so there's no, there is no some... way. It doesn't. I don't care how good the school is or how good the teachers think they are. You cannot set. You cannot keep kids apart. I watched kids walk in through the gates of my boys' school today, and I saw two kids who weren't siblings hold hands. They can't, the teachers cannot do their jobs. Tell kids to stop stop holding hands. It, it's it's almost impossible. So. Um, what are those? What are those big plastic football things that you remember on, Zorba. on like stag do's and stuff? Zorba, mean, yeah. Mean, if you wore those, you mean, you mean bear the stag do that we went on with the Oxford rugby team? Yeah, when we got absolutely well. I got absolutely destroyed by Oxford. Players. Yeah, I got concussed. That's a different podcast, but yeah, we. Yeah, um, <laughs> yeah that's a great idea. That's, is that a stress reliever? Is that a stress reliever? No, it wasn't. Does that work as a stress it reliever? It actually didn't. No? I couldn't breathe in it. No, so yeah. There's a brilliant, uh, there was a brilliant picture knocking around. I don't know whether you two have seen it. I think it's in China where the kids have gone back to school and they've got a lot of the primary school kids wearing like big fairy wings. And those fairy wings are obviously the, the girls, particularly that, no. without trying to be sexist. But that, mm. that there's a metre each side. So they, it makes it much more difficult for them to get you know that close to each other. So lots yeah, of little yeah. things in place. But I think Bear's right, you know, that's where we've missed the big guy because he hit the nail on the head there. It's just the fear of the unknown, isn't it? The uncertainty. And I think teachers, the spotlight's on them now, isn't it? Because the spotlight has been on NHS staff the whole way through to try and, um, you know, try and cure people. and Well, not cure people, but, but help people and, and save lives. Yeah. And now the emphasis is shifting a bit more back onto schools. And then I guess teachers are probably going to feel that pressure. Um, so, yeah. It, what so yeah what's so dr bear what if if teachers out there i mean the key for our podcast really is to give us a, sort of a little bit of light entertainment yeah. for our listeners but also to give some really useful tips to go away with that can help them so if there's a teacher out if there's teachers out there now struggling or they've just maybe had their first day back and also i think there is the other side of it where there's teachers out there that aren't going to go they know they're not going to go back till september yeah. I don't, I don't know about everybody else, but the sun has been out. But being at home for that amount of time, you've got the other side of it, where you've got teachers who are still at home and not. They all probably, they probably want to go to work. Yeah. There's obviously two sides of it, isn't there? I mean, Jez, I know you're, you've had ups and downs, but you've now got that thought of you're not going to be able to go back to work properly. Go to work, like go out, drive to work, you know, put a suit on or whatever it is you wear, um, and actually physically go back into your normal routine until September. How does that? I mean. How's that making you feel? Um, do you know what? If I'm being totally honest, and again, I, I don't want I don't want to come across smug or anything. I'm I'm actually <laughs> I will then. <laughs> and this is I think this is this is probably more about me uh, and how I'm feeling in general about my job and everything. But I th- I'm still I'm still trying to look on the positives, and I'm still I, I, for a long time I've always. I've always wanted to to do a job where I could have some flexibility and teaching doesn't really offer you that. And I, you know, I work four days a week out of choice so that I get one day off to myself to try and have that flexibility. So personally, and it's a very individual thing, it, it's I'm not feeling down in the dumps about it. I am missing my colleagues and I am missing to a certain extent routine and normality but I, as we said at the beginning of this episode, I am very fortunate in, in that what I've got, you know, I've, I've got a house, I've got a garden, I've got a dog I can walk, the, and the weather helps massively. That that said, 
but you you've also got a greater degree of certainty now because if the if the rules have kind of come down that you know you're definitely not doing it you've then got a kind of an understanding of right what does my next what are the next few months look like yeah, you me? can plan you can you can set some goals and, and it, plan it, for the next and yeah. it doesn't necessarily yeah. sort of fall into the sort of i think lots of the difficulty is sort of contradictory information that um people you know again not wanting to be political but um, decisions get, get made that aren't necessarily based on science and more about sort of um, public relations exercises is that the struggles that people have are that decisions are being made that are putting potentially putting people at risk and that don't feel like it's a decision they might necessarily make themselves. Yeah. You're, you're bang on. If I if I didn't know whether I was going back or not, I'd be really uneasy right now. You're totally right. So because I know I'm not going back in, I'm at peace with that. I can plan for that. Um, yeah. Um, but but I have got so I've got one of my close colleagues in my team is leaving uh, to go and work at another school in September. He's been at this our school for ten years. He's feeling horrendous, and part of the reason for that is obviously he doesn't get to say goodbye to his friends properly or the students he's been for years. Yeah. So everyone's circumstances are different. I think that, um, I think going back to what Bear said, I think that's the key. If there's, if you can plan and you know what's going on and there's a degree of certainty, then that's, re- that's really going to help. Um, I think that I'm quite, I've become quite good at looking at the positives as well. That's something I always keep trying to go back to, even though I've had ups and downs. Mm. I keep trying to look back at the positives, which are a bit of time to myself, time has been with the family, uh, getting up a bit later, you know, all that kind of stuff, which I'm not, which I'm not used to having because I don't work in industry where yeah. where it, teachers are totally constrained. Just like we all have been when we were students, you go to school when it's term time, you go to your next time when the bell rings, you come home at the end of the day. It's not, it's not like other jobs. You know, you are totally set those times. So I think some teachers might be feeling like me, where they try to look on the bright side. Um, so yeah, now I know we. Well, are we going to be back in September? Yeah, probably. Um, so yeah, I'm feeling. But at least that decision's delayed for you know for the next few months, so that you get yeah, you at least plan a, for an that, allocated yeah. period of time that you're kind of. I can say one of the things focus. for me as a head of sports department is, I can't. It's very difficult to plan for what sports we're going to play. So any PE teachers out there or heads of sport, one of the most difficult things for us at the moment is what sport we're going to play because. For most private schools, next term is a big rugby term for the boys. Well, at the moment, rugby is a contact sport. Uh, the government have set plans that con- you know specific contact sports aren't going to be played. You know, potentially there might be no rugby till January. There might be no rugby till later than that. Um, we we so that's a bit of a tricky one. So we're trying to kind of put contingency plans in um, for the different sports we might be playing from September, if any. Um, you know, I'm having to make additional policies and risk assessments and documents and things. So there's been a bit of extra stress there. Um, but yeah, it's. I think you know, te- teaching is a very wide and varied thing. Primary school, different subjects, heads of department, private private se- sector versus state sector. It's all very yeah. And I think I, I think there's obviously that most. Sec- I think judging from what they're saying, I don't think there'll be many secondary schools going back before September. So I don't think I think secondary. There's difference maybe between secondary schools and primary school because primary school teachers are going to be probably flat out now until july the 25th or whenever they finish so i guess there's a bit of a a split in the dynamic between what the two separate teachers are types of teachers are feeling so bear what's your um what advice can you give because obviously you've 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 dealt with people on the front line and helping them deal with uncertainty for the last 
I suppose similar sort of ten weeks. Things. Like if we're talking about sort yeah. of uncertainty is one of the biggest problems. Then focusing on what you can control, because you can't control kind of how families sort of socially distance or what they do. You can't control what the government or the councils or the you know even the sort of senior leadership within the schools decide to do. You can focus on what you and your unit can do. And that's not an apathy or a disinterest or a kind of a losing responsibility for sort of contributing to that. That's just that it takes up a lot of energy sort of thinking about and worrying about and sort of ruminating on. And I think a, not like it's a it's necessarily an easy choice to make, but where you notice you're focusing on that sort of thing, the stuff that you don't have any sense of control over, shift your attention and energies into stuff that you can do. Um, and I don't, I don't, for instance, think, oh, well, actually, that's kind of, as soon as you said that, that makes life really easy. But actually, with a sort of determined sort of present mind to say that, actually, I keep on focusing on this stuff that I can't control, I keep on focusing on, you know, what's been going on with these kids' families um, and how they kind of looking after their kids and whether they're kind of, you know, being sensible and responsible. And does that mean I'm going to be passing on yeah, there's, there's unfortunately little you can do about that. It's kind of so just, control the controllable. Kevin Keegan, yeah, yeah. without no, being Keegan. kind of too. And Kevin Keegan say is that? Did he? Sure, he did. Kevin Keegan, He's a manager, control. Yeah, I think I think it's a it's a very um, it's one of it's a technique that a lot of psychologists or sports psychologists try and put on control the controllables. But I think it's more difficult than that, though, isn't it, Bear? Because yeah. it's not just. Con- you can't just, it's not just like you, a, a light switch. It's no. using your attention and your mindfulness to actually be able to focus your attention on, yeah. on to something but that's, else, but that's, I guess. Yeah. But it is a really good, it is, it is a really good message. And like Bear said, you can't just say, look someone in the eye and say, control the controllables and they go, oh, okay. But if you rationally then break that down and go, right, I can't control the coronavirus, but what I can do is obviously wash my hands regularly, get my kids to wash their hands, try and socially yeah. distance, follow the rules wherever possible. Yeah. Um, but don't let that don't let that weigh me down don't let that dictate everything that I'm doing uh, then yeah I yeah. think that is a really good important message and I suppose it's also like having a, an idea of your own like barometer for stress so we use sort of you know thermometer and barometer kind of um, analogies quite a lot just as a sort of quick reference and everyone will have their own sort of tipping point but to know for you as an individual what are going to be the indications that actually you're starting to really struggle and you're kind of getting into the, you know, nine or 10 out of 10s for stress and what do you experience and what do other people notice? And if you're in sort of closer relationships with people, are you going to be able to give them permission to sort of um, help you identify it? Because it's not always easy. Like um, my wife and I kind of, you know, I should be kind of a reflective guy and sort of be well aware of my triggers and the stuff that comes up when I'm, being more stressed but you know it slips me by and we've had sort of quite open conversations to say that actually if I'm being difficult or if I'm being snappy or if I'm not being as present as I would want to be which are kind of for me the like more noticeable things that she would pick up on then she gets kind of not like permission like you know it's it's offered like that but a kind of a it's okay for her to say (laughs) yeah you know I'll see you being an arse or is everything all right? <laughs> yeah. Or that's 
So, it's so do a, you actually check, plan? Check in. It's interesting. It's, yeah, it's but not you, like so, a, it's so, not like a counselling session or anything like that. But it's just a kind of a for, a bit of a check for me to say, oh, well, actually, yeah, I have noticed that. And so, did you have a chat? Yeah. Did you have a? Do you, it's, so I mean, you it's, it's an ongoing negotiation for like you know however long we've been together. It's not like a yeah. some one day you do it and the next day it's easy because it's still going to feel like oh, she's calling me moody and she she doesn't get yeah. it and all the rest of it. Yeah. Like yeah. you never necessarily in the frames to kind of hear it, but as the sort of process continues, I'd hope that it gets easier. Yeah, people be, you learn each other's cues. Yeah, and, and it doesn't have to be with a so, partner. It can be with you know colleagues or friends or just people you kind of. No, yeah, I was going to say that because I it. think, yeah, because I was going to say it's, it's difficult because sometimes when we've been talking and who we're talking to and our listeners and, you know, we're assuming that our listeners are all teachers and so I know some of them, you know, we've got some other listeners that are out there that may be students and um, business people, but predominantly teachers, we're, we're assuming maybe that they are in relationships, but there are probably teachers out there who are on their own. Yeah. So is there like a so suggestion? I suppose we all, that, we all no, no, not many people live their lives completely in isolation you know we're all part of systems um yeah and whether that's sort of you know smaller family units whether that's couples whether that's sort of friendship groups whether that's um colleagues and peers whatever whatever kind of you know messy sort of pseudo family you end up kind of being comfortable in um yeah if there's people you trust those are the people that i would kind of have a conversation with if it's going to be helpful I mean, it doesn't have to be a you need to help me. This is the kind of reciprocal I think that's thing. where a real kind of selfless awareness comes in. If you know, if you've got friends, like we've got mutual mutual friends that are single and live alone, that's where it's really important to reach out to people like that. And that's just about your awareness, not you know, not getting too dare I use the term isolated, confined to your own bubble. There, you know, that's something that the three of us have done a lot of because we've been recording these episodes, so we get into conversations mm. about how we're all doing, and I think that that's that's so important during this time is even if you're not but it's an it's an it's an easy check-in to kind of skip over though isn't it it's going to be the kind of you know as we start leaving this conversation we start how are you doing all right you know the automatic yeah. kind of non-engaging polite kind of response and then you kind of have to be kind of brave enough to be a bit vulnerable dig a deeper after being yeah, a, yeah. let yeah. me tell you about my childhood is awful it's kind of a well. Actually, it's been a bit of a rubbish day, or actually, I've, I've had a better day, and I'm, you know, it's nice to be able to talk about it. Or if, if it's uh, actually today was an absolute stinker, I had a really horrible time, and I'm feeling really fed up. That's okay. It doesn't mean that you're going to wallow in it, or you're going to set the tone for the conversation. It just means that you're validating your own experience, and in doing so, you don't have to then pretend because lots of the people I work with, it's to sort of feel like they're fraudulent or posters because they sort of wear the face of someone that is okay or feeling all right yeah. or professing to everyone that kind of world is going swimmingly and it is an exhausting sort of mask to wear all the time and i think when you're in a performing role like teaching you kind of have to do that a lot yeah to, to the kids yeah to the kids you have to pretend you're okay with it because well, you you're on, showing on to them form, don't you? yeah uh, because you're on show and everyone's eyes are on you and I think that's a huge sort of pressure and it's not necessarily okay to sort of um, acknowledge. I, I mean, I don't, I don't know what it would be, but um, I suppose outside of that environment where you're performing, having space to be able to kind of put them That's a really down, interesting point, the whole performing um, thing. So 
I've got a lot of colleagues really who you think yeah. you think teachers would be fine getting on Zoom or whatever it is and and doing this, but a lot of them a lot of them really don't like it at all. Just like just like lots of people don't like the awkwardness of being on a camera rather than being in a live room. It's totally different. I've, some of my teachers in my department absolutely hate doing live workouts, but they've done it because they've understood how important it is. Just one quick quick thing from me, just something that's popped into my head. As, as in PE especially, but a lot of teachers are, uh, again, trying to look at the positives here. One thing that I would say, one tip is there are opportunities within this. For example, uh, in sport and PE, the emphasis is often on teams and winning and playing fixtures, whereas we can't do that now. So now the emphasis is shifted onto well-being, but also onto the actual education, the, phys- the education of the physical education. So we're doing a lot more teaching kids about their bodies, about their muscles, about the bones, etc. And that's been a really good shift because we wouldn't have done that before, but we've had to do that. And that's actually really positive. So kids are actually learning more um, through PE and games rather than just playing sport, which is great. But there's, you know, there's a shift. There's been a good, potentially a good shift there. And that may well continue moving forward as well. So I think, you know, for other teachers, other subjects will have other opportunities that come from this. So I think, again, that comes back to, you know, looking for the opportunity rather than potentially looking for the negative. Yeah. Yeah. So, so better. So that you've said, um, you've given us a couple of tips or things for, I guess, teachers to look out yeah. for, which I guess the uncertainty is completely normal. Control the controllables. Yeah. Um, I suppose it, maybe that, scale, under, scale your own feelings. Understanding right. that this is uncertain and the sort of just in the sort of validating that it's, it's really understandable to be stressed at the moment, not just because you're going yeah. back to school, but because this is all really kind of, um, unfair ultimately and it's really really hard for everyone uh, and it's okay to feel stressed doesn't mean yeah. doesn't mean you're not doing your job and doesn't mean you're broken or so accept, accept, of... almost acceptance as well i, th- I think it's just that this is normal it, it's kind of it, yeah. it would be inhuman to not be affected in some way by what's going on and um, the pressures that you know teaching is a kind of a, a pretty stressful job as it is it's sort of high rates of burnout as it is um, and it's a kind of a it's a huge investment for people's sort of identity as well. So people often define themselves by that kind of role. And I think just yeah, um, while we're on it, sort of another tip if I can is to think about the stuff that is that that you're really passionate about, and the stuff that defines you outside of teaching, and ensure that you can protect time for that. So Jez, you're talking about kind of making sure you sort of spend time with your family. And making sure you've got time for exercise. If those are sort of two of the things that help define you outside of being a teacher, it's important that then that they are protected and it's okay to do that. And it might well be very different for different people, but um, you know, it's not going to be kind of a hi, oh, I'm Alistair, I'm a psychologist. It's like, well, that's that's a huge part of who I am and kind of how I got into it, but um, that's not me. That's, I mean, that's really, that's really interesting. The, um... I'd like to think so, mate. I need to grow a big, like, grey beard. I look like the professional. I'm not sure. Boy. I'm sure you've got it, a big beard. It looks like these wizened, wizened sort of Freudian-looking chaps, and I've got this fat baby face. I'm, I'm grow sure a beard. got a, be- a big grey <laughs> beard in your locker. No, I definitely haven't. I've got, like, four hairs on my chin. That's about it. It looks rubbish. <laughs> One 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 thing, just to, to I think probably to finish off uh, this podcast, 
we obviously we've got life on time, which is a piece of software where you can set goals, values, uh, there's well-being stuff on there as well for students. But I'm very much into writing things down. Now, all those things that you've just said yeah. uh, and the tips you've given, would you suggest, I mean, I guess first step is just thinking about it and thinking about what you've said and maybe thinking how you could do it. But do you think writing stuff down, you know, yeah, like scaling, absolutely. if you're like, scaling your day, how are you feeling? I definitely, uh, you know, if we're talking about a barometer, if I was working with someone as an individual, I'd get them to kind of map out the sorts of, you know, bits that would lead up to them. What, what does the six look like for you? What, is a, what, what would I see if I was looking at an eight out of 10, um, whatever that might be? What are the things that are going to help define you as a person outside of your role? That's got to be a, a thing that's sort of tangible. Um, and if yeah. you can see it and actually invest time in looking for it, I think you're then more kind of more likely to sort of move towards it. Um, yeah. So, yeah, I, I think I think it'll be different for different people. Not everyone kind of works in the same way. But I think if there's invested time, if you can. Um, do yeah, it. I think writing... Yeah, I mean, writing down as well, I think the control, like the things that are out of your control and the things that are in your control. And then, you know, actually physically writing it down. I, I mean, it really helps me that I can then see, well, I can actually park those because I can't control those. Yeah, absolutely. And I'm just going to focus on, I'm going to focus on a list of things that I actually can control. And I suppose so, it doesn't necessarily fit within a kind of a you can or you can't. There's, there's often more of a kind of a spectrum of how much influence you have in terms of control. So there might be things that you've got sort of high degrees of control over that you can invest more time in. There might be things that you have some degree of control over, but ultimately you're not completely responsible for. And there might be those things that are just completely out of your hands. And I suppose yeah. it's then, then by kind of acknowledging the place with each of them, you then give yourself a sort of priority list and a bit of a to-do list and a plan to say, right, well, what can I do about this sort of stuff? Yeah. Okay, that's great. I mean, have you got anything else, Dr. Bear, for us that can inspire and help our teachers? I suppose just, you know, that they're kind of making sure you kind of look after yourself as you would someone else. We often kind of look after other people, like the people we care for, or the advice we give them is often very different from the stuff that we give to ourselves. So, you know, if you're not looking after yourself and uh, if it is something you would comment upon or at least be concerned about, if it was someone you cared about, kind of take notice of it and try and treat yourself a bit more perhaps compassionately or kindly. Um, and just invest in your own well-being and whether that's kind of I don't know what you eat kind of looking after sleep you know making like making efforts to connect with people that you care about exercising I don't know all the all the, all the sort of boring stuff that I think ultimately if, if everyone did all that stuff I, I would probably be out of a job <laughs> well <laughs> we don't want that but we do want people to be better we do want people to I, would, I, would, I would take it <laughs> I would take it if people did it Oh, if you, I mean, if your advice does that, you know, you've done well, haven't you? Yeah. Okay, brilliant. Um, Jezza, have you got anything else to add before we... No, end just, just, just good luck to all the teachers out there, you know, especially those that have had big changes to, you know, to their to their routines, probably starting from this week. Just wish you all the best and stay stay positive. Um, you know, all that advice, all the advice that Bear's given, so, so brilliant. Oh, you've gone... Jez's, Jez's Wi-Fi. Great, great timing. You, back, you, was that, that was going to be a killer point, wasn't it? And you vanished. I think, I think, I think it's just the app is just 
telling you to no, shut just up. Good, good luck. You good luck to all the teachers out there. And uh, yeah, look, I think, like Bear said, look after yourself. That's a really great message as well. Look after yourself. Yeah, definitely, definitely. And I think I think we're all guilty of that, of trying to give advice to other people and actually look at yourself first and say, well, actually, you need to sort of. Well, I think I think I think when you work first. when you work in a sort of a, you're used to sort of fostering the care for other people. If you're drawn into that sort of job, you're often better at looking after people than you are yourself. I think that's when you need to kind of pay a bit more attention, give yourself. Again, give yourself permission to kind of it's all right to look after you. It doesn't mean you're selfish or self-indulgent. It's kind of a you need to look after yourself. Very good. Good advice. Um, okay, thanks, guys. Um, and we will see you next, or I will, I will see you next week. Um, Cheers. And yeah, thank you. Cheers. To all the teachers out there, we have a new Facebook group called Teachers in Lockdown. We want to hear from you. We want to hear how you're feeling, if you've got any tips for other teachers and create a community where teachers can help teachers in this difficult time. Please visit our Facebook page, Live Life on Time and add your comments. Thank you. For more help and advice from Life on Time, please visit our website www.lifeontime.co.uk. There's lots of helpful hints and tips on how to nurture your students' well-being, so please take a look. Mm-hmm.